0: Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible-teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Have you ever heard of the man named Benoit Lecomte? Probably not. He's a Frenchman. You maybe figured that out, even if you don't know who he is. And in 1998, Benoit swam, swam across the Atlantic Ocean. He started in Massachusetts. And 73 days later, he reached the shore of France. And that probably brings a lot of questions into your mind. How did he eat? How did he sleep? How did he not become great white shark food? Well, here's how it happened. He had a crew of three on a 40-foot boat trailing him, providing an electromagnetic field to keep the sharks away. And he swam every day in two to four hour sessions Taking breaks about eight hours a day, doggy paddling his way all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. What would have happened if he'd have been alone? He wouldn't have gotten very far at all, would he? Who could eat, or who could go 73 days without eating? Who could make it swimming across the Atlantic Ocean by themselves? Do you ever feel like that's a picture of your life, though? That you're alone in the middle of the ocean, an ocean of problems, an ocean of troubles, an ocean of difficulties. Who knows what's coming next? There's no end in sight. I know that you at times have felt like that. You might at times feel like that again going forward. You know someone who feels like that today or might know someone who will feel like that one day, and you're not going to know what to say. Today, Jesus assures you that part of what he gives you is not just trust in his word and the forgiveness of sin, which lasts forever. Not just a home in heaven waiting for you one day at the end of your life, but also divine endurance. Jesus has grit, and he gives you his grit. Jesus has longevity, and he gives you his longevity. Jesus has endurance, and our good shepherd gives us his endurance. Let's drill deeper into that in the sermon verses before us today from 1 Peter chapter 2 beginning at verse 18. And in order to understand verse 18 a little, little better, the word slave and the word master is going to come up. Don't think about 1800s in the south. Don't even think about today anywhere necessarily. Think instead of a normal job, because that's how it was in the Bible times far more often than not. An employer, the master, and an employee the slave, And this gives us good instruction in that important relationship that many of us can relate to. God's word says, Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Two big themes come out here which I know you can relate to. One of them is unjust suffering. I'm suffering today and it's not fair how it happened, and it's not fair how it went down, and I feel like I'm doggy paddling in the ocean with no end in sight of this unjust suffering and sinking down. The other theme that comes through in those verses I just read is another familiar one. Two wrongs don't make a right. Just because someone causes you to suffer unjustly does not give you the right to then cause them or anyone else to suffer unjustly in return. What the holy writer Peter is getting at here is when someone causes you to have unjust suffering, the best path forward is to be conscious of God, to have reverent fear for God. And then you will handle this in the best possible way. Because if you have reverent fear for God when you are suffering unjustly, you will have love and forgiveness for the one causing you to suffer. You will be a help and a blessing to the people around you. And you won't cause their sin as they're causing you to suffer unjustly to become more sin of your own. Difficult, easier said than done for sure, but important and even essential. And hopefully now you're starting to think through why it is so invigorating, comforting, bolstering to hear a message like, Jesus himself gives you his divine endurance even when you're suffering unjustly. Because if there's anyone out there who knows what it's like to suffer unjustly, It would be Jesus, would it not? How did he handle it? How did he handle it when they were treating him so harshly? When they were rolling their eyes as he brought them divine truth from heaven? When they stopped off in another direction? When they insulted him with every word that came out of their mouth? When they trampled on his grave while spiking him to the cross? And it got louder and louder the more they heard him. How did Jesus handle all of that? St. Peter tells us a little bit about it. He says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats, though suffering unjustly. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The mindset of Christ is incredible to think about his patience, his self control, his love for the unlovable. When they were lying at him, personal attacking, him, he did not respond with a lie back. He never had deceit in his heart, trying to manipulate them in return, even though they were manipulating the system to destroy Jesus. When they insulted him, one after the next, after the next, after the next, convincing others to do the same in a mob, he did not insult them back in return. He did not retaliate with insults. Jesus did not explode with temper, and he did not implode, wishing he could destroy them but knowing he couldn't just right then. No, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to God, as heavenly Father. He prayed for his enemies, do you remember what he said, first thing from the cross, Father. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, you're in control right now, so I don't have to be. I'm entrusting them and everything they're doing and saying to me this minute to you because you will judge this justly. You're in control so I don't have to be even now as I'm suffering and it's not fair. What an incredible example How do you measure up to that when you suffer unjustly? Who of us could say, you know, when someone treats me harshly, I usually respond without deceit and only kindness. You know, when someone insults me, I usually respond by not retaliating, not even thinking an insult, let alone saying one. When I suffer unjustly, I'm really good at trusting God, my Heavenly Father, being conscious of Him, and knowing that He'll take care of this and sort it out in the end, and and so I don't have to be in control right now. I think you know as well as I know that when you examine your life and look in the mirror, there are lots of sins in our life, in our minds, in our hearts, in our actions, with our words, It doesn't matter to us two wrongs don't make a right. We still treat wrong with wrong. Even worse, as sometimes we explode, other times we implode, we misdirect our anger at an innocent party. The classic example would be, I have a bad day at work, so I come home and lose my temper with my spouse or my kids. Or the opposite, I'm having a really bad time at home, And so I lose my temper with my coworkers. It's not their fault. And yet that's how it goes. Worse yet, we listen to Satan's lies. Did you know the devil lies to you all the time? Because he is trying to destroy your relationship with God. He is trying to destroy your connection to Christian endurance through Christ. Do you know what he says to you? He says to you, even though it's not true, Look how alone you are in this ocean of problems. Wow, you better get going on fixing this, but guess what, you can't. It's too big, it's too deep, it's too endless. Aren't you tired? Isn't this exhausting? On and on and on. Satan lies to us, leading us to think. Just because we can't fix it, that means God can't either. Just because, we feel sad and tired and alone then that must be true that we're tired and alone and God has abandoned us that is heaping sin upon sin though dear Christian to listen to Satan's lies instead of to God's truth because the truth is he has never abandoned you he will never abandon you he can't turn it off his love for you why did jesus suffer in the way that he suffered why was he so self-controlled and patient and enduring did you catch the two little words in the verse that i read a little bit ago verse 21 christ suffered for you that's why he bothered to go through with it that's why he didn't shirk back from the cross that's why he didn't insult back or retaliate with a threat he suffered for you so that he could announce to you today and every day going forward as well as every day in the past your sins are forgiven by Christ's finished work heaven is your home because of Christ's finished work Yes, the ocean of life with all of its problems is wide and deep and long and seemingly endless, but it's not endless. There is another shore, and you are going to get there in Christ. He promises you heaven is your home. By His wounds, you have been healed. Let's dig into verse 24 and 25 a little bit, and you'll see what I mean. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Christ suffered for you. It wasn't in vain. It wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't just because he had nothing better to do than to suffer and die on a cross. He suffered for you so that you could be sure by his wounds, you are healed, not just other people, but you. He bore your sins on the cross, not just other people's, but but yours. All those times where you exploded or imploded when suffering unjustly. All those times when you let someone have it who didn't deserve it. All those times when you doubted God and felt so alone and abandoned even though you weren't. Christ suffered for you so that by his wounds you are healed from all of that sin upon sin in your life. What a gift that once we were like sheep going astray, all on our own, but no longer. Now, as the last part of verse 25 says, you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus is the one tailing you in the boat with that electromagnetic field to keep you from being destroyed by the devil's devouring schemes. Jesus is the one continually providing you encouragement from himself as well as the crew, other Christians. You can make it. A little more doggy paddling. It's not forever. I know you're tired, but keep going. Jesus died so that we could die to sin and live for righteousness. That's a really important verse we haven't really talked about yet. Verse 24. Do you understand what that means? That means that you can announce to sin and Satan and the lies that he brings you. Hey, sin, you're dead to me. We got no connection anymore. That doubt, that desire to be in control, that believing of Satan's lies, sin, you're dead to me. We're done. I am living for righteousness even when I suffer unjustly, even when it seems like I'm in an ocean of problems. The truth is, I'm not in an ocean of problems. I'm in an ocean of of my Savior's endurance." For a wonderful example of that, and there's many, 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 but one that certainly is, is uh, one you maybe don't know about, but is somewhat recent. There are some Christians in Latvia, a country that borders on Russia. And last fall, one of our seminary professors who is tasked with connecting with Christians and pastors and churches in other countries that agree with us on what the Bible teaches and so we're, we're connected as a big church body across the world with some of these folks. These three pastors in Latvia, our professor from seminary was meeting with them, and the meeting was in a chilly room in the evening with soft candlelight because Latvia borders on Russia, it's not the most convenient, wonderful place to be right now perhaps, and Fuel was scarce. Resources need to be conserved. As the men are studying the word, rejoicing in what they're finding, thinking about how can we help our members, ourselves, our families to endure? How can we share what Jesus gives us with other people, even in this difficult place of life we have right now? They were making plans for the next visit, and the pastors wisely said Why don't we wait to see how we get through the winter first before we make plans for the the next time we get together? So they're, they're in a really difficult spot. And yet, would you say they're drowning? Would you say they're alone and abandoned by God? Hardly. They have his word. They're continuing to doggy paddle for themselves and for their people for Christ. They're conscious of God as they're suffering unjustly and they keep on going. You can have that same approach. You can have that same endurance. When you feel like you just can't take it anymore, you just can't give another inch, go another inch, remember Christ because he is the one who gives you his endurance. He is the one who assures you the energy doesn't have to come from within you. He is the one who reminds you constantly through the word that you're not swimming through an ocean of problems in this life. You are swimming through an ocean of truth in God's word and forgiveness from his gracious promises. And that means you will reach the other side. Set your heart on that other shore. Heaven is your home. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.